sharing each other, sharing our health, you know, sharing our vitality and our wisdom together. That that is good living, and I'm very attracted to that. I just getting a pill and, and trying to make myself believe that things are better by disassociating myself is not the way. Hello, and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Hey, Remarkables, what's going on? It's Dr. Stephen Franson. Welcome to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Super excited to bring a special guest and a special new set of friends to this audience and friends of mine. I want you guys to help me welcome Roger Sparks, pararescueman, extraordinaire, and new chiropractic advocate. What's up, Roger? How you doing, brother? Man, we're doing good. We're here in uh, sunny Pittsburgh right now. We've been on the road. We're doing this film project. Just It's great to see you again. Just saw you a week ago, and yeah, I'm just glad to see your face. So good to be together with you guys. So who's that handsome guy behind you? This is my son, Oz. He goes everywhere with me. He's my bodyguard in a lot of ways, but yeah, one of I've got two sons. Uh, one's in the military, and Oz is my younger son. But 25 years in the military, spent a lot of time away from my family, and I'm just kind of tired of doing that. So any project I'm involved in, got to bring the whole team wherever we can. And so Oz is with me through everything. Yeah. Well, for those of you who are listening and not watching, I had the privilege to have this Batman and Robin duo out at our house in New Hampshire for the weekend last weekend as we were launching. I got uh, the opportunity to participate in the launch of this really important and meaningful project that Roger's committed to is called the ba- the Backbone Film Project. So, Roger, you could probably do a better job explaining it than I would. So, why don't you talk a little bit about the project itself? We can talk about the director, the production team, and their background and how you ended up getting involved in this project. Let's get a little bit of the backstory. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm getting better and better at trying to just kind of like crunch down the synapses of this thing. But uh, a lot of it is just very powerful synchronicity that's led me to this point. You know, I mean, I haven't tried to do any of this. Wow. 25 years in the military, almost all of it in special operations, extremely colorful, distinguished career. Was Half of it was in marine reconnaissance and half of it was in pararescue, which is basically the Air Force special operations component. But retired about a year and a half ago, Got involved with a marine conservation group that retrains special operations men into marine conservation. And in doing so, I met some people that got that were doing the film, came very close to them. They fell in love with Oz. And from there, ended up writing a book. All these other opportunities have fallen into my lap. I feel a strong conviction to, I guess, advocate for combat veterans. And these filmmakers wanted to help me in this mission. And so we just kind of just kind of put our heads down. We started thinking about stuff. We had a couple failed attempts, but this one now we've partnered with many tier one chiropractors such as yourself and many other people. And we want to attempt to try to get the wisdom and the virtue of chiropractic care to combat veterans. And it's just, it seems like a no brainer. The further I go down this road, the more that I learn about just the power and simplicity of living that chiropractic life. And we want to kind of shed light on that. We want to shed light on just the power of community and connection. And that's what really the film is about. Uh, It's Backbone is the name of it. And we're traveling around the world 
As you can see, Oz was yawning back there. We've been on the road quite a while now. I mean, we, we started out visiting you up there in New Hampshire, and we're going to 17 states across the country and speaking with health gurus, providers, combat veterans, and just trying to kind of close the gap of what it means to be a combat veteran and seeking care, seeking meaningful care to reconnect with themselves and the community around them, and in large portion through chiropractic you know, modalities. So awesome. It's such an important and meaningful project. I'm super excited about it. Obviously, I've got a big heart for chiropractic, but I've got a big heart for our servicemen and women and, you know, our veterans. And I think that we can all do a better job taking great care of all you guys for all of your awesome service. And what a, you know, it's 4th of July weekend out here. So we're coming up on just one of the most important weeks of the year in the calendar. So it's just really timely. And it was just an amazing experience to have you guys out with us last weekend. I had the opportunity and really the privilege to be the first stop and I felt the weight of that. I really wanted to pre-frame the trip for you as a chiropractor representing chiropractic and get you a good, strong start and try to give you a lens through which to look at this journey and to experience chiropractic. So, man, I just thank you for that opportunity and really enjoyed it. I re- enjoyed every minute with you guys. My family loved you guys. And, man, we just appreciated your stories. So, you know, one thing I would like to do is just give you an opportunity to help the layman out there, the person who does not maybe understand exactly what it means to be a power rescueman. So can you give us just a high level view of that? Just give us a sense of your duty. Like what were your responsibilities? What was a day-to-day like in, you know, in combat? Because you're a combat veteran. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, pararescuemen are an extremely highly trained asset that the Air Force produce. There's only 300 of us at any given time. We're generally considered the premier rescue specialist within the military and special operations. So anytime there's a SEAL team doing a hit on in any compound, there's a couple PJs that are with them. We op- operate in two to, to four-man teams, you know, recover sensitive items or injured service members. So we're kind of like the 911 force for special operations, you know, within the DOD. Now, there's kind of two factors that kind of play into pararescuemen. I was an Alaska pararescuemen, and so we do quite a bit of rescues in the wilds of Alaska. There's more, you know, bush planes, small airplanes in Alaska than there are cars. And so it's a very routine thing to jump into plane crashes in the remote wilds of Alaska, bear maulings, remote heart attacks dysentery, giardia, you name it. People falling down mountains, falling into glaciers, snow machines going into glaciers, anything that you can imagine. So that's just the state side. And and there's only 20 Alaska pararescuemen. And and generally once a week, we're called out to, you know, the worst day of someone's lives or someone's family's lives to deal with tragedy. And the distances and the logistics are, are kind of overwhelming to try to understand. But it would be like basically taking off from Texas and parachuting into Montana, you know, at 40 below and there's nothing there. That is the day-to-day job while we're in Alaska. And then our primary mission, though, is to deploy to support Department of Defense assets around the globe. And with the global war on terror, that, that means going to combat and getting directly involved in saving people from combat injuries. You know, a lot of IED pickups at the point of injury. And, you know, we also get a lot of what they call ticks, you know, troops in contact that are being overrun by insurgents or they have sustained a, a, an overwhelming amount of casualties. And we'll fly the helicopters right in there in the middle of the firefight and get those guys out. And so 
a pararescuement's job's a little bit different in quite a few ways than, say, a medevac or an army medic. We can use halo parachuting or special operations rebreather diving rigs to get in people. We'll, we'll, we will get into that site where the injuries are and get the guys out. I mean, I love the differentiation when you explained to me and to really to my family when you talked about the medivac coming in sort of after the fact and doing heroic work, you know, getting cleaning up after a battle, whereas you guys actually are participating in the battle. You're like just jumping in in the middle of it, bullets flying, you know, traceable, zipping around, lighting up the night, explosives going off around you. And, you know, you're caring for people and trying to save people that are actually in the throes of battle. Like while that's going on, it's just incredible, my man. And, uh, and I smiled and laughed when you were telling those stories because I just immediately had a flashback to just my children's faces when you were telling stories of, you know, going back and forth between Afghanistan and Alaska and bear maulings or, you know, zip lining down and people, you know, shooting bullets at you, like the, the clouds of bullets going by you, so many bullets that you're, the cable that you're repelling down gets hit six times, you know, by enemy fire. I mean, the idea of these stories, I can just picture my kids' faces and their eyes bugging out of there. So Man, just on behalf of all of us, all of us chiropractors and all of us Americans, my family, just thank you, man. Just thank you. You can't hear it enough. And I know that you don't consider yourself, you know, a hero. You don't like to use that term, but to all of us, you are, man. You you are just the truest sense of the word that gets thrown around way too much. And we just have so much love and appreciation and respect for the work that you guys do. So there's no group of people that I can think of that are more deserving of the great work that we do in chiropractic. And that's why I'm passionate about this project itself. It's like, how do we get these people to chiropractors? How do we get them the great care that they need? And to offer something that is, it's not an ancillary service, as you've learned, it's not, a, it's not just a complimentary service or an alternative. And I really hate that term alternative when we talk about chiropractic, because as you've learned, you know, the alternative to getting adjusted by a chiropractor is being subluxated. You know, that's the alternative. It's not alternative care. This is a unique discipline and we address the body in such a different way. So, you know, help me understand, like, I, I, what was your experience like when you, you know, when we first started talking about the application of chiropractic, like for any human being, Never mind the veterans that are struggling or the combat vets specifically. Where do you go in your mind when you start thinking about, man, imagine if, if all of our active service people and our veterans all had access to a great chiropractor doing the type of work we talked about? You know, first of all, you know, we have a lot of issues in the country. You know, we have pharmaceutical companies that have, you know, monetary intent with a lot of the way that, you know, the, the narrative is driven. We have this opioid problem, you know, across the country. It's specifically problematic with veterans and combat veterans. We all need, you know, sincere involvement with specifically our healthcare providers. And that's one of the things that, you know, you really turned me on to and we were talking. It's just, you know, to get someone to write you a prescription is kind of like the worst thing you could do for someone. You know, it's disassociative. You know, it's just kind of like, well, let me, you know, further take you away from your body. Let's just treat symptoms. You know, with, with chiropractic care and the way that you've explained it to me, it just seems like just such a no-brainer to have someone who's passionate about healing someone get involved in someone's life in a very sincere way and, you know, treat the root causes of the problems that are taking place. You know, get people to, you know, get into their bodies, take responsibility for themselves and move forward, you know. And, you know, we have a, a huge problem with that in, in, in our country right now. Everything is so divisive, but, you know, people don't want to shoulder the responsibilities of not only their own health politics, you know, you name it, you know, just, just add whatever issue you want to throw in there, but kind of owning our own issues, owning our own health, you know, 
is is really what chiropractic is about. And it's amazing how like just medicating yourself fits into this narrative so beautifully as far as like, you know, the way the world has gone lately is just like, just numb it, you know, just, just get numb to it, disassociate from it. Don't take ownership over it. Don't take any responsibility. You know, and it's just a very attractive message. Unfortunately, it's tragic. You know, on the other side of it is the outcomes that are on the other side of that. You know, it's clear that we do need a better way, right? So, you know, we talked about stress and obviously this is such acute stress when it comes with like that combat environment. But then on the other side of it, they, we have this chronic stress situation as well. And as you know, we had conversations around really uh, chiropractic focus on the spine and the nervous system because the nervous system helps us relate to our environment, helps us deal with and cope with and adapt to stressors around us. So when we think about, you know, this post-traumatic stress syndrome that so many of our vets are dealing with and coping with, man, instead of, you know, having the only option be, let's just medicate them. Isn't it amazing that there's something that that's untapped at this point that we could clear the nervous system and make sure that the nervous system is doing its job, which is moving that body back towards health and through the very definition of wellness, which is the body's ability to adapt regularly and appropriately to stressors and get us back to, to health. Yeah. Again, you, you know, you mentioned that disassociative kind of thing, you know, Western medicine, it, it is somewhat a dissociative, we're treating symptoms and, and it's not the right thing to do. You know, we were talking again, like I haven't tried to put myself in this position, but I think that healing others in some way will heal ourselves, you know? And so I'm really trying to, you know, I'm trying to champion this. I want to get the word out, you know, from, you know, this experience where I've had you explain the intimacies a top-notch chiropractor, you know, and explaining to me the benefits of this lifestyle and the way that, you know, your family, you know, I mean, just, just seeing all these things, it's just proof in the pudding that this message has to come out, you know, and I want to close that gap. I want to see my, my peers, my friends benefit from these connections. I mean, I've been to many inpatient treatment facilities. I was diagnosed with PTS and I was actually discharged from the military after 25 years and they were just doing cognitive therapy. They wanted to prescribe me SSRI, you know, medications. And I'm just like, I'm not taking any of that. You know, one of the things, you know, I've always been turned on by exercise and attempting to, you know, find natural ways to heal. And, you know, both of us uh, at the end of this journey that we're on here with Backbone, we're going to end up with Laird Hamilton working out. I know you're a, a massive surf advocate. And we got to share some of that giant swell there in New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, Roger showed up at the house and I'm like, man, like, we'll go for a surf. And uh, next thing you know, there's like no swell. So we got like some stand up paddle boards and you know, we still had a nice time. We got in the ocean. But yeah. I mean, it shows just, I mean, just to spend time with your family and how wonderfully balanced and amazing, you know, the, these young adults that you're raising and, and your lovely wife and getting to share a workout with you. It's like, that process, you know, like sharing each other, sharing our health, you know, sharing our vitality and our wisdom together, that, that is good living. And, I, and I'm very attracted to that. I just getting a pill and, and trying to make myself believe that things are better by disassociating myself is not the way. A lot of times, you know, with the military specifically, they will treat with SSRIs to treat the symptom. And then they'll do basically exposure therapy you know, to disassociate you even further from your traumas, you know, and I mean, we talked all these different other health modalities of contrast therapy of saunas and ice baths and stuff that Laird Hamilton turned me on to. 
to you. My Oz absolutely loves doing the sauna, <laughs> which he loves speaking to people and advocating about. It's just, you know, the power, the, the power of chiropractic is, is just amazing. You know, hell, man, I, I wish we lived closer so I could just be around you every day and you'd be my guru, you know, chiropractor and, and, and chiropractic, you know, educator. But one of the things that really turned me on with what you're saying is I, and I, and again, I'm trained to a nationally registered paramedic level. We do many other like advanced surgical techniques on the side. Uh, we did discuss, you know, Western science is very, very good at trauma medicine. Like we can keep people alive, but you know, that vitality and health of ownership and what, you know, adaptability and what true health actually is, it was really powerful. And it was just an epiphanous moment when you started explaining to me about the biofeedback loop and the proprioceptive feedback to our body. And I mean, I'll tell you, Stephen, like I am absolutely transfixed on this. So Oz and I work out every day. And in fact, as soon as we finish this, this podcast, we're going to go find a place to hang a TRX and go work out, you know, and me and Oz have been talking. And, and I think that anytime that you tune into your body more and open up those channels of proprioceptive, I guess, consciousness, you know, and just neuroplasticity, that adaptability that takes place when you're paying attention to yourself. I feel like that is the key to health, right? And so where let's say like the opposite of that would be, you know, someone distracted, running on a treadmill, watching TV, trying to, you know, get away from what they're doing versus, you know, what if there's that Zen quote or something like that, but it's like the only way out is in. The more we can connect to our bodies, the more that we can connect to the people around us, that is true health. And I think that chiropractic is a massive leap in the right direction, you know, for all of humanity. And I'm just trying to speak towards my, you know, peer group of combat veterans. And Oz is rubbing my back, you know, as we as we speak. But uh, again, man, I mean, you're saying that, that you're you feel a sense of gratitude to have this friendship with me. I mean, I feel the exact same way. It's, it's very reciprocal, you know. And, and I mean, you are now somewhat my guru. You know, it's like you know, Bobby, the film producer. As we've been doing this, I mean, we've talked about you constantly. I, I want to share your wisdom and your chosen profession's wisdom with the world as much as possible, you know, and again, the, the film is directly related to sharing the plight of combat veterans nowadays. I mean, you know, we, we've been at war longer than the country's ever been at war. And I know we discussed this and it's just with the polarizing, you know, politics or leadership or lack of leadership or however you'd want to, you know, view, you know, where we are right now, you know, we have to fight for the things that, that, that we love and, and we believe in. And so I'm just trying to, you know, get this wisdom that you've shared with me to my peer group. And, and uh, hopefully we can do that, you know. I know that this project is going to be a great platform for that. Just this tour itself is going to give you the insight and really sort of flesh out your understanding. You're going to see more and more, you know, the benefits of chiropractic and the potential that chiropractic as a lifestyle success strategy for healthy human beings and not simply limit it to this short-term treatment modality for a crisis or an injury. Of course, we love helping people that are hurting. I think we all need to do a better job of taking care of people that are hurting. But like what we talked about is, you know, understanding that those symptoms are body signals. This is the body communicating to us and we need to start listening to them and interpreting them different. So we change our behaviors and we respond to them. We don't just simply try to stifle them. And I love what my, one of my good friends, Dr. Dane Donahue says is you can never medicate your way out of a problem you behaved your way into. If that isn't gospel, I don't know what is when it comes to health. So, man, I just, I receive the gratitude, but I'm going to deflect the role of guru. Man, you're the hero in this story. I'm the Sherpa. 
you know, I'm a shepherd. I'm coming alongside you and just, it's your journey, brother. And I'm here to just simply shine a light on that path ahead of you, try to keep you from stubbing your toe and give you some strategies and tactics that'll help you get there faster. So I'm just honored by that. And I appreciate you for just even saying that, but I I just want to clarify my role, man. (laughs) So I'm a humble shepherd. And I love and I'm honored by that role. So I'm psyched to be on this path with you. I know we're going to have a lot of great adventures together. And whether that's in Hawaii with Laird Hamilton or we go heli skiing and snowboarding in Alaska, or we just come to the Hell Barn to get a workout in before we go into some of that giant surf in New Hampshire. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah for sure, man. Uh, just as long as you bring Oz with you, man, I, uh, I'm excited to in- anything we do. Oz, we're going to take another spin around the, the neighborhood in the car. You and I got to go do some F1 racing training. And uh, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. He is so ecstatic about that. I mean, my goodness. So good. So good. A buddy of mine's training. His son is training for F1 racing, and he's a high-level F4 racer down in Florida. So we're going to hook that up, and we're going we're gonna to surprise you with that. So uh, we're going to make that happen, man. So it's absolutely on the docket. All right, Raj. So uh, just last minute, um, if I could ask you, you know, all of everyone listening right now, they've just been through this COVID crisis. And as I explained to you before, we went from this peacetime leadership to wartime leadership, and now it's time to pivot back and get back into a peacetime leadership. It's what the world needs right now. It's what their team needs right now. It's what their patients need right now. It's what the communities need right now. They need a leader that steps up with that certainty and that conviction and the clarity that brings the confidence to everybody to follow their leader. I know you're just a world-class leader, man. Uh, What words of wisdom do you have for these, these CEOs listening to this right now? It's like, what an honor they have, what an opportunity they have to be stepping in at a time such as this and lead their, their small band of warriors. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, let's take a quick break and talk about Cairo Matchmakers. Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the right person for the job. If you're looking to hire the ideal chiropractic assistant, Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the specific person missing from your team so that you can get back to using your talents to serve more people. Or if you're looking to hire the ideal associate doctor, CMM can help. Cairo Matchmakers helps chiropractors like you find the ideal associate doctor to unlock your practice potential and get you the freedom that you desire. To learn more, go to chiromatchmakers.com. And now let's jump right back into our conversation. Yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about this a little bit before we, we started recording the podcast, but you know, leadership with me and, and what I've seen, and I've seen it all. Like I said, I mean, I had a you know 25-year career in the military. Half of that was in the Marine Corps reconnaissance career field, and uh, half of that was with as an Air Force pararescueman. So it was always somewhat small unit leadership, which applies to exactly you know uh, to your brand and what uh, what you educate people on. I tell you, the most important thing that I've learned about leadership in my travels is effective leadership starts with charisma you know, in character, you know, people have to want something somewhat intangible from you to follow you. And when that takes place, magic things happen, you know, and, you know, you can't fake your way into character or charisma. You have to possess that, you know, you possess that with conviction, with resolve and with intent, with vision and with taking risks to, you know, fulfill those objectives, you know, without risk, there is no magic, you know, virtues have always been, uh, I guess, captivated by virtues. You having a good time, buddy? <laughs> I, you know, I've always been very captivated by, by virtue. You know, and obviously, you know, the virtues, you know, were, were heavily involved with, with the Greeks, 
to turn this thing back, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, to, to lead with charisma and virtue, I think people are attracted to that. You know, they want to follow people with strong conviction. You know, people want to believe. But first of all, you know, like I've always wanted to work for people that were just a little bit further down that virtue line than myself. You know, like, where am I going to be 15 years from now? Who is that person? You know, I heard a, a great speech by Matthew McConaughey, you know, who's a brilliant public speaker. But he was talking about my, my hero is 15, me 15 years from now. That, that's who my hero is. And I think that, you know, what you sense there is this ownership of and responsibility of, of your life and, and where you're headed with the people that you care and love about, you know. And, and But all of the effective leaders that I've ever had in the military possess something just beyond where I was. You know, they, they had something very intangible or intrinsic in them that I was not only envious of, but somewhat reflected where I wanted to be. And so I think as leaders, to be an effective leader, you know, you have to possess that charisma, you know, that intent. You have to somewhat own something intangible that the people that are working for you are attracted to and want to be around. And they want to bring that in their lives. You know, I mean, anyone can just get a job. You know, I mean, jobs pay the bills. And I mean, we need to be thankful, you know, for monetary value to provide for our families and our loved ones and ourselves. But the intent of our jobs are merely vehicles for us to grow as human beings. And so, you know, to work for someone that is, I guess, enabling a platform or a medium of growth for you. And I mean, within the healthcare profession, the virtue is inherent, right? I mean, it can get sticky with, you know, insurance and all these horrible things that can be very tricky in, in the virtue category because, you know, uh, when you start making what you do and what you love as a job, you know, it's, you know, there's some lines that start getting crossed as far as managing, you know, the economics of what you're doing versus the virtuous involvement, you know, and to be very honest, I was shielded from that, you know, my entire military career because, Uncle Sugar, Uncle Sam paid me the first and 15th, you know, and no one there was doing that for safety. No one was doing the, that job because they wanted just a paycheck, you know. I mean, as a rescue man, I mean, our job was to risk our lives to save others' lives. And so very much so the same like in the healthcare profession of chiropractic, you know, you're involved in something very virtuous. But, you know, to run clinics and manage clinics, you know, those leaders, they have to possess that pure resolve and intent, you know, and, and, and uh, once you have that, it will, it will completely sustain itself. You know, one of the things that uh, I learned as a hard lesson early on in my young Marine Corps career is the way not to do leadership is to be a cool guy, the fun, cool guy initially. <laughs> yeah, you are a fun, cool, but I'm trying to make a different point of. So for instance, I had this platoon sergeant, and I was a young Marine. And this guy was really cool with this, man. He was, he was like Mr. Cool Gravy. Everything's fun. And then when we, once we got on deployment, we were stuck on a ship in very much like prison-like atmosphere. 9-11 took place. We had to go to forward deploying. Things got ex extremely, extremely stressful. And then he became a dick. Then he became like an authoritarian leader. And things it, it immediately taught me that you cannot do that. And because he basically lost you know, the mojo, he lost credit. None of us wanted to, he wasn't basically showing us virtue by doing that, you know, and, and those were all kind of like subconscious thoughts. But, but what I learned from that is always be a hard leader initially, 
always be the guy that, that, that toes the line and makes the hard decisions initially up front. And then once everyone understands expectations, then back off. And that's where you can be their friend. But until you establish expectations, you cannot be someone's cool guy friend. Man, that just go, that's so in line with my own experience with, as, as a practitioner. You know, when you're trying to operate from this place where you want people to like you, you know, when you're attached to your patients liking you or you're attached to your team liking you, it's a terrible place to lead from. And, you know, what I, I suffered from that. I was just, I had such attachment that I found is like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I don't have the authority that I need to get people to actually change their behavior because they just liked me. And I was afraid to tell them the hard things that they needed to hear to get the results that they were paying me for. Right. So I had to be, I had to step in and recognize that I can't lead from here and get the outcomes that they're hiring me for. I was out of integrity. And I recognized quickly that patients, they don't need another pal. They need a, they need a doctor. They don't need another friend. They need a coach. Right. So I had to make that shift and just let go of that attachment to them liking me, but it couldn't just be like, let going. I had to, I call it displacement. I displaced the attachment from them liking me to them trusting me. And that became the central thing. I was like, I don't care if you like me. I care very much that you trust me because if you trust me, you're going to do what I tell you to do. If you do what I tell you to do, you're going to get the results that you want and then you're going to love me. So on the other side of, like you said, that tough part of just being that leader that they need you to be in the moment, you know, otherwise get in the back and let somebody else lead. The attachment has to be to trust. And man, that's just power. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, we mentioned it whenever I was visiting with you at your home you have to be the proof in the pudding, you know, and it reminds me of whenever you're speaking, Stephen, it reminded me of this uh, story of Gandhi and you might've heard it, you know, but there was a famous story of a woman brought uh, her child to Gandhi. And she was like, tell my child not to eat so much sugar. And he was like, come back next week. And so she's like, okay. And so she basically waits a week. She comes back and she's like, can you tell my son not to eat sugar? He's like, don't eat sugar. And she's like, well, that was easy. Why did, why did you have me wait an entire week? And he was like, because I myself had to stop eating sugar, you know? And it's, it's like, you have to be the proof in the pudding, you know? And, and that was one of the things that we talked about. And one of the things that really impressed me about yourself, Stephen, was, I mean, you're hitting on all 12 cylinders, you know, you're like an F1, you know, McLaren race car, you know, it's like, I mean, and, and I don't mean that, you know, it's like, oh, wow, you know, Steven's such a physically attractive guy. All those things are like side notes of these, these other more inherent issues of the way that we live our lives, the way that we, you know, place responsibility and the way that we prioritize our lives, you know, and that's very inherent in what I saw in yourself and your family and your practice and the way that you attempt to share this with other people. I mean, there is proof in the pudding, you know, I mean, if you say something, it's out of strong conviction and it's out of, you know, pure intention. I mean, all the way that you handle yourself, I mean, from, Hey, let's, let's go out and surf a little bit to get to know each other. Let's go out on the water. You know, the way that you open arms, you know, welcomed us into your home and and understood Oz and just involved him in, in every appropriate way that's possible. You can't fake that with people. You know, I mean, one of the great mentors in my life, He's a CEO of one of the Alaska Native corporations. He's like, when I come over and, I, and I'm thinking about hiring you into my team, he's like, I want to go over to your house and see how your kids interact with you. He's like, that's the interview. I want to see how when you tell your kids to take the trash out, I want to see how, what their response is. He's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, that's the best, you know, character, you know, 
telltale sign of like how you interact with the people that you care about. You know, how, how much empathy do you have? You know, how much, you know, all these, you know, true signs of character, health and wealth, you know, I mean, and I think that, you know, that intent is what is very powerful. I think that we're all very innately sensitive creatures and that we, we have an intelligence to us. And I think that of the thousands of people that as adults that we've worked for in our lives, you know, the people that you connect with are those people that are on that higher plane and they're doing those things out of intentions, out of love or wisdom. And they, they have a very strong sense of the priorities of their lives. And once you become their friend or their employee, you are now involved in that, that love network, you know, and, and that, that, I mean, we're all part of someone else's learning curve, you know, and when you choose to employ someone, you're not only just, you know, employing them or when you choose or someone comes into your clinic to heal them, you know, or become part of their journey. That's not just this simple transaction. There's a lot of stuff that's involved in that. And I, I've always been very fascinated with character and virtue and all these things. And I think that the chiropractic profession, being a chiropractor, you have to put your money where your mouth is. You know, you have to follow through. You have to first be a good human being. Uh, your intentions of what you are doing show in every subtle interaction that you have. And I think that, you know, that that's the things that I've seen. I mean, like whenever I've, I felt I've, I felt I've been a good leader, when I tell someone to do something that they're either mortally afraid of doing, the reason that they're going to say yes is because they know I myself have slayed that dragon. You know, and I'm, I'm asking them to do that for the greater good. I'm not asking them to do that because I don't want to do it or I want to prove to them that they are weaker or less than by experiencing an emotion. I'm not using that position to hold authority over anyone. You know, when, I, when I've asked men to do things that would significantly risk their lives or place responsibility on them of, you know, potentially loss of life of people that they're attempting to save, they know that I'm doing that out of virtue, that I'm doing that because I myself have felt that. And I want them to grow through those experiences. And I truly believe that they are capable of not only, you know, surviving that, but thriving. And, and I think that, uh, you know, I mean, it has to be done out of that, that innate virtue. It can't be done out of authoritarian rule. I mean, there's a time and a place, like we were mentioning, where, you know, you're making and, and barking orders at people. But the reason that that is effective is because beforehand you've already earned their trust, like you mentioned, you know. Right. Yeah. Such a big difference between the leader that has to push you and the leader that pulls you. And I really do think that that's the difference between that, that wartime leader and, and peacetime leader. So, all right, Roger Sparks, man, you're, you are a hero, man. We appreciate you. I'm so excited to really help your introduction to chiropractic and, and really introduce you to chiropractors around the world. Backbone, such an important project to showcase the benefits of chiropractic care to some of the most deserving people on the planet. There's our servicemen and women, our veterans, our combat vets. We're super excited to be involved in it. And the remarkable practice doctors around the world, just thank you and are excited to meet you themselves and take care of veterans around the world. So um, thank you, bro. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. 
Now go and be remarkable.